This is The Real Footy Podcast. Thanks for joining us to tip round 22. My name's Andrew Wu and I'm joined as usual by former clubhouse leader Peter Ryan. How are you, Pete? I'm actually really, I'm up and about. I've turned a corner. The, turned a corner this round, last round. long session in front of the mirror produced a few results for you. Well, no, I wouldn't say I spent a long, I, I, I'm not brave enough to spend a long session in front of the mirror, I can <laughs> tell you. Um, but, uh, you know, I've, I just felt like my confidence returned last week. We had a good week. You tipped eight. When, oh, did I? What, yeah, was, right. what was the going rate last week? Was it seven, I seven? reckon. Yeah, yeah so, so you've gained one. Yeah, I gained one with Sydney. I tipped Sydney to beat the Giants, and I was feeling pretty happy with myself most of that game. No, did I get a message from you on Saturday night saying <laughs> Giants are home when they clawed within a goal? Yeah, I did. It's a cynical it... tactic Pete does. Oh, whenever, yeah. whenever his tip is, uh, whenever his tip's about to lose or he thinks he's there under the pump, he says the other team is home. It's, it's. Um, and I apologise. Where we, you're, you're the person that I, you know, let know, uh, let all my anxieties out to, and basically go for reverse psychology as if a text message to you. <laughs> for a game in Sydney would have any impact well, at all. Well, you, you never of... know. It's why cricketers m- never change seats during a run chase. And exactly. Stuff no, like we're that. all nutcases. And <laughs> I'm probably worse than anyone when it comes to tipping. Well, so, so the leaderboard has the competitive Libby Birch, Mark McGowan and John Perrick all on 127. Mm. You're next on 126 after tipping eight. Michael Gleason on 122 with myself and Caro. Actually, no, I've given myself one extra. I'm on 121. I had a so really Caro's bad on week. 121. Five, yes. six off the leaders. She's dropped a few in the last Wasn't Caro couple of weeks. Equal leader at one point. Well, I think she was. Yeah, yeah. I think she was going okay. Reminds me of that Buffalo Tom song, Taillights Fade. <laughs> I haven't heard that song. I'm no, not a, a music. I'm Should not a watching huge music. Taillights buff. Fade of the leaders. But the, I should mention Libby Birch today. Had her tips in nice and early, so no oh. skullduggery by her now that she's in the lead and she probably doesn't have to rely on all that sort of nonsense. No, it's good, but I reckon, I don't know, there's part of me that thinks watch her even more closely in the final two rounds. I reckon this is uh, three rounds to go, ploy to lull us into a false sense of security <laughs> that she's playing by the rules, and then bang. <laughs> good on you, Libby. Well, she hasn't got to where she has by uh, no, she's without a bit of competitive gamesmanship. Correct. Good footballer, good tipster. First game of the round and it's a bit of a blockbuster at the MCG. The Premiership favourites against the reigning Premiers Collingwood and Geelong. Both teams with a few injuries late in the season. Uh, No Nick Dacos still side bottom for Collingwood. Possibly Nathan Murphy. Check the teams Mm. as usual. And uh, Tom Hawkins has been ruled out as well as Jack Henry. So a few big outs for both sides. Uh, which way are you going? I'm sticking with the pies. And Is it true you've tipped them every round this year? I think that's right. Yeah, I haven't checked, but pretty much I've tipped them every round and it's done, uh, it's served well. me well. Uh, it's only their last two weeks that they've been most disappointing, particularly last week against Hawthorne. That was, just a, that was their worst game for under Craig McRae, really. Um, and then they had the added uh, disappointment of losing Nick Dacos and then still side-bottom through the week. So they're two big outs because Collingwood's midfield battled uh, against Hawthorne. But I, don't, I think Geelong's weakness is their midfield as well. So that'll probably be a nil-all draw. And it'll just be a matter of uh, who can score. Obviously, Tom Hawkins outs um, makes the Nathan Murphy potential in or out 
um, whether they pick a first gamer, I think it's in line, Jacob Ryan potentially for a game, he's knocking on the door, um, yeah, whether they make changes in that regard. I think Collingwood's just going to have uh, too much depth in the middle and they might overwhelm Geelong, who are still, they've just had a season that's never really got off the tarmac. No, they've been playing catch-up right from the word go. I'm very confident on Collingwood this week. Listening to Craig McRae talk during the week, and there was a sense of determination and steely resolve in the way he's spoken about how they've addressed their issues and the way they've trained. And always look for those things. Um, I mean, the punters out there don't get that sort of access that uh, that we do. So that a lot of this stuff, I mean, they only get the 15 seconds yeah. in yeah. the news. But having listened to him, there's, I think there's... There's a real, there's a realization I think at Collingwood that they need to do something, need to yeah. need to get a move on. Well, I think um, the feel after last week's game was okay, boys. You know, there hasn't been a lot to play for. You've kind of gone away from what you're supposed to be doing. A few of you, let's just tighten the screws a little bit and get this train back on the track. And the other thing about on the Geelong side, they've won six of eight at Cadinia Park this year. Elsewhere, they're four wins, a draw and seven losses. Um, and they're 2-3 at the MCG, having beaten Hawthorne and Essendon. So there's a lot of things stacked against Geelong where I think when you look at reigning premiers, we generally give them a bit of grace period, don't we? A bit, yep. a lot longer than other teams. Absolutely. And I think I've seen enough at Geelong this year that although I'm waiting for them to to come good most likely I don't think I've watched them closely for lots of years they haven't been as good this year as any of their prelim final years Um, they're more they're closer to that year they missed out on the finals than Mm. in terms of form than they have been to their prelim years having said that that Collingwood Geelong game in round one which is a long time ago I know when they lost Tom Stewart just after half time or around half time that was one of the games of the year Um, very high scoring odd I don't really like high-scoring games. I'm a bit different you to others. You don't like windy or high-scoring no, games? No, I don't like what... It's like watching T20 cricket. Every team has a go. I like a contest. Yeah, that's fair enough. But anyway, Geelong are capable, but Collingwood should win. Yeah, and if Geelong couldn't beat Port Adelaide last week, I mean, they struggled to beat a very undermanned team at home. Um, they were far from convincing, so... Yeah, well, Port Adelaide um, had a moral victory, according to Kane Collins, didn't they? <laughs> a moral victory. Yeah. <laughs> People yeah. in England might think so. Yeah, exactly. Well. Uh, I'm tipping Collingwood by about 33 points. I think they win this quite really? easily. No, no, I think it's closer, but Collingwood to win. On to the next game, and uh, this sees North Melbourne against Essendon at Marvel Stadium on Saturday afternoon, a game that's taken on a little bit more significance with Ben Cunnington's retirement during the week. This will be his final game, and if you're an Essendon supporter, you're probably thinking, you're probably a bit nervous going into this week, and then when you hear about the news that Ben Cunnington's retiring, you're probably thinking, oh no, you've got this sense of dread. Is that sense of dread well-placed? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I was I covered the North Melbourne Essendon game uh, earlier in the season, and Essendon needed a goal from Mass, Massimo D'Ambrosio. D'Ambrosio. <laughs> D'Ambrosio got mixed up there, didn't I? Yeah, uh, to win the game by six points. So that was a really tight game. That was when Wardlaw stamped himself as uh, a player of the future. That was the moment where Alistair Clarkson Absolutely um, said, Ooh, I want to coach again. Yeah, so it'll be a tight game. Cunnington has been a champion, no doubt about that, and, uh, you know, one of the toughest players of this era. But apart from the emotional uh, impact of him playing, which will be significant, he's definitely a bit off the pace um, compared to the type of player he was. So I don't think that's a big worry. Um, 
I just think that they're going to come up against a team in North Melbourne that is not playing for nothing, but they're certainly desperate to just get a win before the end of the season to give them something to go on with. Um, but I don't think they'll win it. I think Essendon will be too good. I think North have got one more kind of real big performance in them this year where, where they really challenge for a win. Um, but I think, given how badly Essendon played last week and how close they came to losing, I think that's that's going to sharpen them up. I think if they'd won by significant margin last week, they'd probably go in. You'd give them more chance well, of maybe dropping this. goals up too, and they kind of just dropped it and then got out of jail. And they nearly steamrolled Sydney, which isn't bad form. So I don't think they're going as badly as uh, last week's result might have suggested. No, I, I, I think they win, but uh, I don't know how close it will be. Probably be. I think it'll be close at some point, but I think they'll probably win. Yeah, I agree with that. Essendon will win, and Kyle Langford, what a player he's become. Oh, exactly. The One of the finds of the year. Mm. Uh, so, Essendon for both of us. Um, the other game on at uh, 1.45 on a Saturday afternoon is the Sydney Swans against Gold Coast up at the SCG. Now, uh, I'm expecting you to, to be tipping the Swans. As Correct. I'm on the Swans bandwagon, particularly after last week they did... Got what a I job hope done they, for you. Yeah, what I hope they do. They won their past four. And I remember after, I reckon they got over the line, uh, I'm trying to remember the game three or four weeks ago, which was a massive game, might have been against the Bulldogs. And they said they'd set themselves to win every game and that it would give themselves a chance. And so far they've ticked them off. So I'd expect them to just keep rolling on and beat the Gold Coast. I'm going to tip a bit of an upset here. Um, and, and if you're listening, I mean, Part of the reason is because I need to make up a bit of ground. Yeah. But another reason is also Gold Coast play well against the Swans, especially at the FCG. Mm. From they're four and one from their last five at the SCG. Some of those games have been really um, they were COVID games, so they went against the Swans. But they're three and two against Sydney from their last five. They beat them last year yep. when the Swans were grand finalists, and Gold Coast were about where they are now. Mm. The Swans lose Braden Campbell. Um, already don't have. Justin McInerney, so they lose a bit of running capacity. Uh, Dane Ramp is a bit of a question mark, so their defence is undermanned and up against the forward line of Ben King, Jack Lacocious and Levi Casbolt. There's a bit of marking power there. So I think if Gold Coast, if their midfield bulls can get on top in the middle, Sydney can get found out in the clearance game and and the contest side. They're a very good pressure team and they're quick, which is a lot different to the traditional Swans teams we've come to expect um, since uh, 2003. Uh, So I think Gold Coast can give them a good run. I remember a game in 2018 when the Swans were still in the finals and I think Gold Coast were close to last that year and they knocked them off. Yeah, that was one of Stuart Chew's best wins. I mean... I really respect your opinion, Andrew, but, but. having heard, heard you speak, the longer you spoke then, the more certain I became that Sydney were going to win this Well, game. let's see. Let's see. I think, I think Chad Warner coming back to form was great for the Swans, and they've got a lot to play for, and uh, I think their midfield will get on top of the Gold Coast Suns, and they will have Logan McDonald and Joel Amati, and I've been really impressed with Hayden McLean. He's starting to play some good football. So, yeah, look... If you need to take a punt, by all means, follow Andrew Wu, but uh, good luck with that. <laughs> and the other reason, I think, the, the derby, it's a, it was a 
bruising encounter. Yeah, that's true. So there's always that possibility of yeah, a letdown yeah. afterwards. Uh, yeah. But I'm tipping Gold Coast by a couple of goals. Yeah, good. I'm looking forward to our text exchange at about four o'clock Saturday. <laughs> Where you say, what, Gold Coast to home? Four goals up. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. Okay, through to the next game, and this is the Saturday Twilight game at the Gabba, the Brisbane Lions against the Adelaide Crows, who are still in the hunt for the finals, but this is a game that they must win, and I don't think too many people are going to give them a chance. No, I don't give them a chance, only because they're, um, not because their form isn't good, not because I actually think they're a top eight team, um, but they the latter doesn't lie kind of scenario where they're sitting outside the top eight. It's just unlucky they have to play the Lions again um, at this stage of the year at the Gabba, which, as we've spoken about plenty of times before on this podcast, don't tip against Brisbane at the Gabba because their record is superb. And the Crows did beat the Lions in round 11, but the Lions haven't been great at Adelaide Oval. It's been probably a bogey place for them and even... uh, on the road, they've struggled a little bit, but Brisbane pretty easily, I'd say. And also, uh, Adelaide got a few injuries, but Stody and Nick Murray to their defence. Yeah. Always a concern when you get the same part of the ground having, having yeah, a lot agree. of injuries, um, especially against uh, Danaher and Hitwood and mm. Charlie Cameron. And Danaher, so, since that Bulldogs game in round two, when he copped, copped a lot of criticism, it's been a different Joe Danaher. He's had a really good year. Well, he and Jeremy Finlayson have been the two best at playing that second ruck role in my book. Um, I'm tipping the Lions by seven points. I'm tipping the Lions easily. On to Saturday night footy, and we've got a bit of a blockbuster here. Carlton against Melbourne at the MCG to be preceded by the Matildas on the big screen. How good's that? <laughs> you can imagine when Sam Kerr scores, some of the Melbourne supporters go, oh, well done, number 20. <laughs> <laughs> well, they probably won't be alone because, to be fair, I reckon there's a fair few Australians who have been, uh, you know, weren't aware of many other Matildas players apart from Sam Kerr leading into this tournament, be fair to say. But now Mary Fowler uh, has certainly become a player that everyone knows and loves. So that'll be a really good game. The Matildas, who are you tipping? Matildas or France? Uh, tipping the Matildas. No, I'm tipping France. They're tipping absolute France. certainties. Um, but the Carlton-Melbourne one, uh, which we're probably more qualified to speak about, I think Melbourne win this. Their form's been really good as has Carlton's, um, but just with that midfield, Oliver returning. Uh, what shape do you think he'll be in, though? Hasn't played since, was around 10 or 11? Well, he'll need the run. Yeah, obviously. But they've got a really good uh, Max Gorn, Petraka, Jack Viney, Oliver. That's probably the best starting four in the comp, would you say? Oh, when, when they're up and going, yes. Yeah. And, um, uh, and Petty out's a big out, but they get Brody Grundy back. It'll be great to watch how he goes. Um, keep an eye on the teams again for Brody Grundy. Well, we assume he's playing, yes. Yeah, it's hard to tip against Carlton because they're in such good form. How many have they won in the row? A row? Seven. I think that's seven Actually, in a row Actually, did I now. just say that? It's hard to tip against Carlton. That's the first <laughs> time I've said that. tipping against them? Yeah, but I'm tipping against them. I, just, oh, I, think this will be an extra- I think this will be a very close game. Uh, but Carlton last year in round, people often forget that, I mean, in the second last round, they were very, very close to making the finals. Yeah, because he um, kicked them out. And yeah. It was the last what, 11 seconds of the game. And yeah. they played very good footy that night and just couldn't quite get close it out. Hmm. Um, they're going a lot better now. 
if they didn't have so many injuries, I think I would dip the Blues. Yeah, I think Chera and um, Walsh are just huge outs. And they Big covered losses. them last week, and Paddy Dow was great, but it's going to be hard against Melbourne. It's a much, They're a much better team than St Kilda, which is why I'm And the also, on top, of, uh, on top of those two, Harry Mackay not being in there, that changes the way the game will be played with Lever and May and, and Melbourne's backline controlling. They've got to give, they'd have to give Mackay a lot more respect so they can, now they'll probably put a lot more work into Charlie Kuno, mm. who uh, who in the last few weeks has has been right up to the challenge. And uh, although he hasn't kicked, well, he didn't kick a big bag last week, but I thought he was quite significant in the way oh, that he's, he's brought yeah. the ball to ground. Um, Melbourne have won eight in a row against the Blues, but four of those results have been by what eight points, two by five points, and and a one point margin. So uh, I think it will probably be another close one this time, and I'm going. With the demons, oh, in a very I'm so close disappointed line. in you. <laughs> nah, it's fair enough. We had that intervention earlier in the year to stop you tipping. Carlton. It's really cost me a few tips. I reckon <laughs> at the back end, and it's cost you. And uh, that's great. I mean, that's the way you play this game, mate. You just talk other people into tipping stupidly, and then you rise above them, which is why our lead the leaders lead you by seven. So I'm tipping <laughs> Melbourne as well. The other game on Saturday night takes us out west. It's the only game that's got no impact on the finals. West Coast and Fremantle in the Derby. Yep, no interest. West Coast can't win. Fremantle are back in a bit of form and I reckon they'll win. Do you think there'll be many people in Melbourne watching that game? Uh, No. Do you? Oh, well, I certainly won't be. Uh, I mean, I think the Marrick, Mrs. Marich and his family might be. Yeah, outside of family members. I no. think there'll be more people probably watching the post-game analysis of the Matildas than they will be watching the... Yeah, they'll be watching Bruce, the, absolutely. Um, and apologies to our uh, West Australian listeners. No, no, it'll um, be, it actually is a really cracking uh, <laughs> event for Western Australians, but obviously when neither team is a chance of making finals, it's less interest to everyone else, and Fremantle really need to just frank their recent good form by winning this game. Yeah, and they've got no draft picks to play for as well, so yeah, uh, right. Fremantle comfortably for me. Yeah. Same. And also for you, I... <laughs> I imagine. No. Yep. On a Sunday footy, Hawthorne against the Western Bulldogs is down in Tasmania. And this game, uh, well, if you went on last week's form, you'd be very tempted to tip the Hawks, wouldn't you? But they're hot and cold. Well, that's true. But the dogs are pretty good too. Mm. So, And the dogs I see here have won five of their past six against the Hawks. And I always like those sort of form lines. Um, and they just seem to really uh, work a lot better as a collective last week, even though Richmond were very ordinary, they moved the ball quickly into their forward line, which gave Rory Lobb a chance, as well as Aaron Norton and Jamara Hagen, who is becoming a really good player to watch. I just don't think Hawthorne will be able to handle that um, forward line of the Bulldogs, and I think the Bulldogs will kick a big enough score to win. The other thing I think with the Bulldogs that's changed significantly in the last week or two is Jason Johansson, Ed Richards, and Liam Jones back in the lineup. They look like a completely different team. Well, Johansson has there's a bit of a, a question mark over his fitness. But didn't train, bit of calf tightness. I actually saw him driving. Uh, he was driving around in my neighbourhood 
yesterday. Yeah, that's good. Thanks no, that's to really McDonald's and Yeovil. Yeah. Couldn't tell you how to saw well, a car I actually once asked Brendan McCartney when he was coach, how he th- after a game, how he thought JJ had played because I couldn't quite work out what Johannesson's name was. <laughs> and he, he challenged me on it. JJ. <laughs> <laughs> he picked you up. That's <laughs> outstanding. It was a bit embarrassing. So I've never forgotten that. But uh, I think the dogs win. Yep, I'm tipping the dogs as well. But I think it'll be a good game. Good game to watch. Start your Sunday afternoon footy viewing. Yep. The next game is St Kilda against Richmond at Marvel Stadium, a game that's still got finals implications for certainly for St Kilda, but mm. also for Richmond, who uh, they're into the mathematical territory, aren't they? Yep. And I'm tipping Richmond. I've uh, oh, it's a little bit of a a chance to try and make up one on the leaders because St Kilda are a team that I haven't actually got right very often this year when I've tipped against them and I've kind of, uh, you know, sold quickly on them um, dropping out and they've hung in there and hung in there. Um, but I just think Richmond was so disappointing last week and they were nine goals down to two or something. There has to be time. a sp- response, doesn't it? There will be a response. They get Dusty Martin back. They won't get Cochin back, even though he's announced his retirement this week. But mm. he's going to miss again, but he'll play the last two games. Um, but obviously Dusty's a big in. And Dylan Grimes, I'm not certain about, but um, check your teams there. He was another player that was absent. I think they'll, I think they'll bounce back and I think they'll attack the game hard and... Uh, even though it's at Marvel Stadium, which again their record's ordinary, but there's some things no there that they the need to seven. address. Yes, I know. I one know draw, that. I know. one draw, well, six tipping, losses. I'm tipping the upset, and I'm tipping Richmond, um, and I like it coming late. It's like having a big punt on the last. <laughs> <laughs> you can wait all weekend. Um, See how you go. I've I've gone Richmond as well, uh, which really? probably should fill you with a bit of worry. Oh well, I mean, God. I've got to make ground, so I've got to I've got to take the forties oh, over the sixties. No. <laughs> so you're done for. Yeah. Um, but this, I mean, I was, I was very impressed with the Saints last week in the first half. I thought the the energy and the and the heat they brought around the ball oh, was, was excellent. Yeah, they um, should have got that free kick. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dan that, Butler not that, get a free kick. That would have been bit, 28 points. Would have been a bit stiff. Oh, uh, but I kind of felt that Ross Lyon had them wound up for that game. Yeah. I mean, Ross has got his um, beef with Carlton over the, a couple of years ago, and, and I think he was a bit, a bit annoyed that people were – Question yeah, in St Kilda, yeah, yeah, not giving them so the respect that they should. Yeah, um, and I so think they, they had a real point to prove, and they gave it their all and couldn't get the job done. Mm. And I think that will probably have a bit of a. Well, I expect that to have some kind of effect this week. I don't think you can get yourself that wound up two weeks in a row. Possibly, although the um, midfield should have uh, should respond because Crouch and Steele not oh, together. Yeah, they didn't touch it. That's yeah, I'm stunned when I. Had, when I heard that after the game. Um, yeah, so they'll be under a pressure to respond. Um, but I just think Richmond have too much uh, class. Like Shea Bolton, Dusty, even Liam Baker, they're just really, really good footballers that can take the game away from you if you're not careful. And St Kilda haven't got those players as yet. No, I think, uh, th- I mean, if, if they're going to win, they're going to have to grind out for tough quarters. Yeah. Whereas I think Richmond, they're, they're the team more likely to get a get a bit of a burst during yep, the game. And, absolutely. Uh, I know, facts and figures point me to Saints, but um, just the eye, seeing what, what I saw last week, um, St Kilda in terms of, uh, uh, I mean, the way they finished or well, couldn't finish off and, and also I mean, Richmond just can't be that bad two weeks in a row. I mean, they're not the team they were, but I think they're, they're still a very proud side and um, 
they'll they'll respond. Well, Absolutely. that's what I'm hoping for anyway, because I'm tipping them. And the final game of the round, which is I mean, it's it's another excellent game: Port Adelaide against Greater Western Sydney mm. at in Adelaide. Um, this will be a really good game to watch. Yeah, Port have got a few. Uh, we just don't know how many they're going to have out. I mean, there's talk during the week they had ten missing training due to illness. Uh, on top of the injury concerns they had last week, I think they'll get. Aaliyah, Aaliyah back and Jones, but there's no Charlie Dixon, no McKenzie, no Lysett. So um, they've got their injury issues and what the four in a row as well. So yeah, they need to start winning. I mean, on form, you should pick the Giants, really. I mean, even though they lost last week, they've been so impressive um, and they've got a good team, as we've spoken about. But I just can't go past Port Adelaide bouncing back because it's a must win. They need to win to stay in the hunt for the top two. So much riding on it for them. Um, they've got to be able to manufacture a win at home. They've got three of the best young midfielders in the competition, without doubt. Uh, Zach Butters, Connor Rosey, mm. and Jason Horn Francis are outstanding. They are so good against Geelong. They were honourable in defeat, weren't they? I mean, oh, they were fantastic. Even if they didn't have, oh, they had Finlayson available and maybe yeah, a couple yeah, of no, others. They, they, they were honourable, the team, but those three were just dynamite. Um, and I think if they can bring that against the Giants, uh, they can overwhelm them. And two, uh, well, I, I think they're important outs for the Giants, Toby Bedford and Brent Daniels. I remember saying that a few, a couple of months ago and you laughed at me I about scoffed Brent at Daniels. You, and... But there's a few times I would have scoffed at you and you've been proved, you know, <laughs> half right in the finish. <laughs> How generous. <laughs> yeah, Brent Daniels and Bedford. Bedford's been really good. It gives that speed in the forward half. Um, they're important players. I mean, those pressure forwards, they're hard to find. When you've got two good ones who've yeah. been in form and suddenly you lose them, I mean, that's, that's, that's a they're big outs, especially for a side like the Giants who build so much of their game around that pressure mm. in the forward half. Yeah, absolutely. But I think Port Adelaide, just at home, they'll get up and about. They'll get a bit of help from the umpires this week, which they didn't get last <laughs> week. And off they go, they'll beat the Giants. I expect them to win as well. Tip them by uh, 20 points. So, uh, well, that's all for today. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe, rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you via email realfootypod at theage.com.au Check out the rest of the expert tips and also the teams at theage.com.au slash AFL The podcast will be back next Monday Catch you then and may your team win